I'm gonna wait like five seconds and do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Uh, today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about our top five favorite Brad Pitt movies. Uh, once again, we were talking about movies, not roles. So once again, it was hard for me to come off this list. I have a hard time distinguishing between the two. So I deliberated over this list quite a bit. How'd it go for you? Yeah, like it. They came to me. I I knew he was in a lot of movies, but I didn't understand just how many he was in. And I I honestly thought that I had seen more than I had. Agreed. Because when I really started looking at it, I was like, well, I mean, I haven't seen that many. Um, so, this is another one where it was a little bit difficult, but not not really. My top two were there right off the jump. My bottom three came in pretty easily. Um, so, again, this is our individual top tens. We're not saying that critically these were the yep. best movies he's ever done. And this is with all of our lists or opinions. It is just our personal feelings. Because I know at some point we all we will we would each get roasted over some of the movies we put in our top ten or top fives or something. You know, I I definitely feel like I will get roasted today because I didn't one of his movies I didn't rank high enough. I feel like, but once again, that's just my personal thing. But before we get into our list, as always, let's talk about things we've seen recently, uh, trailers that have dropped or anything, anything that's uh, stuck out to you. Honestly, no. Over the last week, I haven't. I've watched a decent amount of TV. Haven't seen many trailers. Um, you know, the only movies I've watched in the last week, I watched a couple just to, to sharpen up on here. Um, but yeah, no, no, you know, nothing that really sticks out to me. No big news. Nothing. Um, nothing well, really be- on the horizon. Before this episode, were you able to watch Fight Club? Because I know you said you hadn't seen it. Yes, I was. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure. Um, so actually, uh, I was back home in, uh, in town because it was my brother's birthday okay. this weekend. Or is actually today, but we celebrated this weekend. And um, I watched Knives Out with my dad. What'd you and think? We, we both really enjoyed it. We, I, we both thought it was a really good movie. He didn't appreciate Benoit Blanc as a character as much as I did. I loved that character so much. I enjoyed it too. He he thought that he did it a little bit over the top. He had to though. That's that's the thing. Yeah, and and I I kind of got that, but he <laughs> he was not into it. But he said that he did enjoy the movie a lot. Uh, I will say this, and I'm not here to uh, boast myself as a detective, but I did figure it out halfway because he told me to stop and tell me what I thought was going on, and I called it with about an hour left. Really? So, because, but, you know, it, but not that it was predictable, but because of a few things that I picked up on. There were... Spoiler alerts coming at, 
before we get going in, into this one. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alerts are coming. Sure. So if you haven't seen Knives Out, please go watch it. Really good movie. We recommend it to everybody. It's an easy watch. That's what I Absolutely. enjoy most about it. You can just sit down, watch it, enjoy it. Um, I, th- I mean, it was a really good production quality. Some yeah. some high, high-end actors. Don Johnson made it, was in there. Uh, obviously, Daniel Craig. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. There were some... Uh, the girl Chris from, Evans. The girl, yeah, Chris Catherine, Evans. The girl from... Catherine uh, Langford. Yeah, her. On 13 Reasons Why. So there were some legit... Uh, legit actors in this. Um, I'll tell you, I, I don't know if you've seen a lot of his stuff, but I'm a pretty big fan of Lakeith Stanfield. It, he plays he the, the detective. Uh, yeah, he plays okay. one of the uh, local detectives. Okay. Um. Also, also, I thought that Wagner was a bit of a comedic relief in that movie. Officer Wagner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The like the real big fan of. Uh, the Knives Out books yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But, um, but no, it was a really good movie. Uh, I really enjoyed that. And then the next night after we watched Knives Out, we watched a movie called War on Everyone, which has Alexander Skarsgård and Chris Pena. <laughs> Is it Chris Pena? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Chris Pena in it. And that was a dud. That was not a good movie. Really? The It, it seemed just like really low quality production. Uh, it was kind of hard to follow. The characters were very, very weird. Yeah. Um, you know, there had a few movies. funny scenes in it, but not a good movie overall. There are just some movies that are just bad. Yeah. And I hate to say it because there's a lot of money spent and a lot of hard work put into them. So, and like, so I hate to just kind of crap all over someone's work, but there are some movies that are just really poor. But you know what? That's the name of the game. They're in either they're in it to you know bring their artistic ideas to yeah. life, or they're in it to make some pretty good money. Like, so it just comes with the territory. The thing that I think <clears throat> can sometimes make or break a movie is there are some movies that are meant to appeal to critics and to the the technical side of movie and filmmaking, mm-hmm. and the ones like that. I don't always tend to appreciate as much because I don't enjoy them as much, but they can. They also have a much higher flop rate just to completely fall on their face because yeah. they may not. They're just trying so hard to be just like this incredible film that they forget that they are there to entertain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, you know what I think movie encapsulates that perfectly. What's that? Nineteen seventeen. Yeah. Okay, that's what I've heard. I I don't know. I still don't know if you've seen it or not. I haven't. I just I can't bring myself to go to the theater and watch that. I and I don't blame you. I would definitely wait until it gets out on like DVD or something. Yeah. Just because I mean it it is a really you know well drawn out technical movie like you say, but it was it wasn't something that kept me interested the whole time. Like this, as as far as the story goes, I was more interested in how they're getting it all in one take because that was like okay. the big buzz around that movie was that the cameras were able to get majority of the film in one take. Okay, wow, which is very impressive. Like, and and that's why I got very well received. But as far as an entertaining movie goes, 
I would not categorize it as that. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's sometimes it's a shame because in a movie like that, it's supposed to be an incredible movie, but it's just not going to get as many views because it's also yeah. very long. That's the biggest thing is that I saw that it was kind of lengthy. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like that's a movie that I'm gonna have to watch in two sittings. And obviously, if I go and pay to go to a movie theater, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's definitely one that I want to see at some point because it is impressive, or it's supposed to be very impressive. And you said that it is in its own way. Um, so yeah, if I'm gonna no, pay I'm... to go to a movie theater and kind of make it an event, I really want to enjoy the experience as opposed to. Just kind of see, oh, well, that was really well made, but, you know, I didn't really get any kicks out of it. Yeah. Well, and also, I don't know if you know this or not, but they're planning to do a uh, sequel to Knives Out. And Daniel Craig has said that he is interested in doing like a spinoff series as Benoit Blanc. Oh, I would watch that. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I just, I I really like the character. I like Daniel Craig a lot. I do too. But I love that yep. character. Yeah, and we and we've talked about it before in other episodes, but <laughs> he he gets a lot of flack for being a, a typecast character. Yeah. But I mean I think that this is definitely a step in the right direction for him. But he's also been arguably the best James Bond. Agreed. You know what I mean? So it's he yeah, you've fallen into that Titan. As far as his artistic expression, I'm sure it took a hit, but you know he he made himself a nice career off of those movies. Obviously, he has a ton of other stuff. It was um, it was a launch pad for him. Yeah, because he I mean he had done some things, but nothing compared to what what was his first one? Casino Royale. Uh, I think so, because I know there was Spectre. Sky was Skyfall the first one. Ooh, I think Skyfall might have been the first one. I'm not sure of the series yeah. how it gets in order, but um, one more question and then we'll get started. Were you able, kind of drawing back to our last episode, were you able to come up with what your totem would be? Man. I think it would have to be, I don't know how it would like physically work, but I just feel like something that would be connected to me and personal to me would either be a really nice like pen or a really nice watch. And I just don't know how exactly that would it, they would function. You know it would be cool. What's that? Not to kind of like barge in on your idea, but yeah. if if the watch was able to like uh go counterclockwise instead of clockwise. Ooh, that's yeah. That would be kind of cool. Just because it would be easy to keep on your purse the whole time. It's not like you have this big old bulky thing. Um, you know, because in the, in the dream, if it's going clockwise, then you'd know that you were dreaming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. But we'll save that for a later discussion. Let's get into our would, top five. Would you, uh, would you come up with? Um, I, I still think I would go with like an object that would float in, uh, in the real world, but sink in the dream world or, what or you, vice versa. What do you think the object would be though? Ah, oh, man. I don't know. Cause I'm trying to think of something that 
would float in the real world, but could float or could sink in the dream world. Golf tee. I think. Yeah, golf tee. I don't know. I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> I hear. I'll have I'll have to think about it. Yeah, but let's uh, let's get to what the people want. Let's get to top five favorite Brad Pitt movies. Once again, we're talking about movies, not roles. If it were that case, my list would be completely different. Oh yeah. If it were but, that case, I probably would have had to watch some movies that I wouldn't want to watch. Yeah, to be compl- absolutely. To be entirely honest with you. So, yeah. Which is why well, I don't like really doing roles because then most of the time a lot of people's best roles are in movies like 1917 true not all of them i mean leo some of his best yeah, roles yeah. are the most entertaining and things like that but a lot of people they're technically their best roles are in movies that maybe aren't the most entertaining so i you know yeah definitely this is not necessarily their best roles but just kind of the the best movies that they were a major part of or a minor part of if they were just that good <clears throat> um so would you like to start us off or you want me to go first i'll uh i'll start us off all right number five a recent watch for me in addition to my my library is uh once upon a time in hollywood okay uh I, again i know we kind of talked about this um before on the podcast but i just think it was such a great movie he was he won the oscar for supporting character right he did yes um so obviously just this is not just my opinion uh clearly a bunch of other people do but to me he made the movie leo was great um but i you can make a case that the movie was just as much about his character as it was leonardo dicaprio's if not more so yeah, well, I mean, I, I first of all, I agree with you. I think that he not necessarily outshined Leonardo in this movie, right? Because the roles were were pretty uh, pretty evenly shown in the movie. Mm-hmm. But as far as like an actual character, I much enjoyed Brad Pitt on screen rather than Leonardo. Because we never, um, you never really got to see Leo's character. You know, it, it just seemed like a typical Western actor, and he did a great job on it, but you, you got no, like, development. You got no, the scenes that he was in, you know, were just, compared to, I feel like all the action-packed, intense scenes of that movie were around Brad Pitt. Yeah. I What I love about Tarantino is that he's always got like a, a, a side story developing. Right. And and in this case, Brad Pitt's uh character was that side story. And uh and I think that's why it was so interesting because I mean even though Leo's character wasn't as interesting, he still played it very well. And, and yeah that's that's very clear to see. But as far as between the two, I think that Brad Pitt was more interesting because he almost leads like this whole other life besides Rick's stunt double. But yep. to Rick, I feel like he just sees him as his stunt double. Right. He Rick never ventures into <laughs> his life. Yeah. And but what's cool about it is that 
Brad Pitt knows that he's playing second fiddle. Yeah. He, like, or Brad, Pitt, yeah. Brad Pitt's character knows that he's playing second fiddle. And he's okay with that. Like, yeah. he's he's okay with Rick being old. Right. But, yeah, I mean, that's... And, I mean, when you think about being a stunt double, it makes sense. You're always... Yeah. You accept that you're never going to get any of the credit. You're never going to get seen. Um, and, you know, but... I just, I think he was great in that movie, um, and it, it easily snuck into my top five. Could have gone a lot higher than five, to be honest with you. So, I'll, I'll save the dramatics. That is on one of my honorable mentions. Okay. So, it did not make my list, although it it, it made an honorable mention because it could have been on my list. For sure. Had I, had I gone in, a, in another direction. But also, I think another thing is it's just how relevant it is like i haven't had time to really sit on it right and and appreciate as much as i have these other movies that i've got yeah but that with sense. that being said oh god no no you're, you're good i was gonna say with that being said i'll go into my number five okay brad pitt movie which is fight club oh okay all right i mean i, I think and... that was gonna be there i'm i'm surprised it's at five and I, I kind of expected that only because I, I think it's a good movie and I think that it's got so much buzz around it and it's, and it's got, it's almost turned into a cult classic a little bit. Yeah. And I, I do enjoy the movie obviously better than my honorable mentions, but it doesn't really stack up there with the other four that I've got. Okay. Um, only because it's the movie as a whole. It's it's a little bit of a dark and twisted movie. It's kind of loosely based on the Don Quixote book. Yeah. But it's still it's still really good and I love Edward Norton in it too, and that's another reason why this is on my list as well. Yeah. Because I have as of recently I have been become a big fan of Edward Norton. I've seen three movies recently where he has been a great, great actor. That makes sense. I mean, that is going to be obviously that's going to be a part of my top five. Uh, I I think that no matter how you slice it, that movie's going to be in everyone's top five for Brad Pitt. Yeah, um, it's almost got to be. It's mine's a little bit higher, but you know, and I'll I'll dive into it a little bit deeper down later on my list. But um, I, I can definitely understand how the hype almost is part of the experience of the movie. And yeah. that's a good and a bad thing. Um, not necessarily bad, but it, it kind of wears it out because you almost feel obligated to like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, you know, I, I love twist endings. Yeah. And and this one's got it perfectly played out. I mean, for the fact that Brad Pitt is a part of Edward Norton yeah. and Edward Norton is Brad Pitt. Yep. It's very, very interesting to see, and I love movies like that, and I've got another one higher up. Okay, okay. Interesting. But we'll, we'll, save, we'll save it for now. All right. But yeah, so my number five is Fight Club. I understand it's a little, little early for that, but you'll see what I've got in store. My, uh, my number four is going to be Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Okay. Um, See now, yeah. Go ahead. 
I meant to rewatch this one because I watched it so long ago, yeah. but I forgot how it goes. It's so, uh, a little bit like obviously everyone knows he's backwards aging and, yeah, and yeah. things like that. Um, so I'm not even going to attempt to break it down, but <laughs> I don't know. I just I just like it. I, I can't. This is one of those movies where I can't exactly tell you why other than I just enjoy watching it. Um, obviously he does a great job playing the character. It's a bit of a difficult character to play. Um, just because not even like physically, because they can do so much with makeup and they can do so much with CGI and things like that. But as you age or de-age, your personality has to change. Right. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to change who you are, but the way you act, how you talk, it's all got to adjust. And he does that flawlessly um and again i just really enjoyed the movie it's a it's an interesting idea and an interesting story behind it um so you know i just really enjoyed it there's no deeper meaning to why i enjoy it or anything like that but i thought it was a really good movie really interesting and each time i watch it i can just it's just one of those easy watches um that i talk about all the time where you just you can just sit down, dive into the movie. You don't have to overthink anything. You don't have to look for some you know little nook or or deeper meaning here or there. You can just sit down, watch it, enjoy it, and you know don't feel like you had you know you missed anything along the way. Well, let me ask you: in the movie, does he does he die at the end? Not gonna spoil it for you. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I was just going to ask, because if he does the age, I mean, obviously he starts out as a old person in baby form, but does he die as a young baby? Uh, but you don't have to answer. That's, that's one of those where if you want to look for something deeper, you can. Okay. Um, I'll watch it. I think I want to say it's on Netflix, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Don't worry about it's, it. Don't 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 stress it. Don't stress it. Yeah, that like this is honestly honestly, I don't remember exactly how it ends. Okay. I know I I know obviously the general of what happens, but to truly explain it to you, I would have to rewatch it. This is not one that I rewatched. I probably watched it a year and a half ago. Okay. I would say that was probably my sixth watch, so I should know it better, but it's it is a little bit strange. Well, I'll I'll preface the rest of this list by saying that I think that we're, pro- we're probably going to have some overlapping choices. I'm sure, yeah. So if uh, if one of them pops up, unless it's your number one, I say we just go ahead and get that conversation out of the way. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't know if this next one is, but my number four is Ocean's Eleven. Uh, that's not on mine. I've never seen that, to be honest with you. Wow. Okay. So this is. Have you ever seen a Guy Ritchie film? Uh, I don't believe so. Have you? Okay. Well, uh, it's not directed by Guy Ritchie, but it's got that same little like, um, developing characters in their own stories, almost almost Tarantino esque, but with this one, it's like they plan a heist, and then. You the heist happens, but you're not really sure how it happens. And then at the end, 
it goes back and shows every all the steps that they took. But it's actually, and I didn't know this, it's actually a remake of like a movie from the '60s, where it had you know really big stars in it back then, like James. Oh, I, Dean. Yeah, I knew that it was a remake. Yeah, well, I didn't know that, but it's it's a really fun movie, and they they made several remakes, uh, or they set, made several sequels to this movie but it's it's really fun to watch and you know at, at one point you're thinking like okay but how did they get away with it and then it resolves it but brad pitt plays really good character george clooney's in it uh don Cheadle, jet lee uh a lot of good a lot of good actors in it and it's definitely one you need to watch okay but that was my number four oceans 11 uh Please watch it and then get back to me because I want I want to hear. Did Guy Ritchie make that? I don't believe so. He may have, but I I don't think he did. Let me look it okay. up. No, he didn't. He didn't. It was uh, Steven Soderbergh. Okay, right, that makes sense. But yeah, I I always get that one. Conf- Ocean's Eleven confused with God. There's another heist type movie. I. Can't think of it off the top of my head, but the other one looks like it's awful. So every Ocean's time 12. I see Ocean's Eleven, I don't think it's Ocean's Twelve. It might be. I don't know. Um, Ocean's Thirteen. <laughs> yeah, Ocean Ocean's Twenty Three. I think. Um, <laughs> but every time I see it, I just like I don't know. I don't ever pay it the mind that I should. Yeah, it's on my list now. Um, I'm reading a little bit about it now. It definitely looks. Like it's something I'd be interested in. Yeah, it's a really good movie, and you know George Clooney kind of plays like the ringleader, and he's always doing things that make you question, like why is he doing that? Like he's ruining everything, but then it it, it just it resolves itself in the end. But definitely a really good movie, and I'm not sure if that one won awards when it came out, but I want to say it did. Okay, but really good movie, and I'm almost certain that was on Netflix. Uh yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it for sure. All right, you've seen the movie. You've seen it on Netflix. On net, on Netflix, <laughs> on Netflix. Okay. All right. I got. Sorry, I I was reading a little bit and I was trying to listen at the same time. I'll get. I'll get. I can't. Uh, can't multitask. All right. So after number four, my number three, <clears throat> seven. Wow. Okay. Again, man, I just, I like, I think it's an interesting story. Very interesting. Very uh, well-made movie. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those movies that very well-made, um, some really good actors in it. Obviously, Brad Pitt, <laughs> but. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, Kevin Spacey. Kevin uh, Spacey. He's, is a bit of a, he's a bit controversial now, but. Um, no, Kevin Spacey, for as far as an actor goes, is one of my is, is one of all. He always plays an interesting character. Absolutely. And apparently, he's also an interesting character in his personal life, but that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, given his his recent uh, turmoil aside, he yeah. is a top notch actor for sure. Absolutely. I mean, he. I, I haven't seen The Usual Suspects, and I know how it ends. But yeah. I'd re- I'd really like to watch it. 
See, that's the problem with cult classic movies like that. Everyone knows how it ends. Mm. Because it's so... And honestly, the same thing... And I'll get to this, uh, you know, down the line. There's other movies that kind of spoil it for... Spoil the full experience just because the ending is so intriguing that it's just blasted over and whenever you watch a video of greatest movie scenes ever or something like that mm, yeah it, it pops up and you and it kind of like you just you're waiting you don't get that full experience there are certain movies that i wish i could watch point blank just from the jump never know yeah. what it's talking about um i agree i mean because i that's exactly like I don't think it was like a, a compilation of best scenes and movies. I want to say it was like a commercial where you see uh, the end of usual suspects where Kevin Spacey goes from his limp to like a normal walk. Yeah, exactly. And it's just kind of like, well, obviously, you know, you can't blame him. It's been out for so long. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not that big of a spoiler anymore, but it's just one of those movies where it, I'm sure I would enjoy it and I'd love it, but I already know how it ends. Mm-hmm. So I just, I feel like I wouldn't be doing it justice. I wouldn't be able to get that full experience. Um, but back to seven again, it's just, it's one of those movies where obviously there is a bit of a deeper meaning with the seven deadly sins. Um, right. Iconic. One of my favorite lines ever. What's in the box? What a oh, meme too. Dude. What um like obviously it's not a funny movie. <laughs> but that's a funny ass scene. But the first time I saw that scene, oh, I God. lost it. Oh god, what's in the box? <laughs> no, oh, I mean I, you know, I, I had seen that scene before, but I didn't understand like the context of the context of it. So when it, I did yeah, watch exactly it same. when I did watch it. I didn't laugh, but I was like, okay, now now I understand exactly what's going on. I hadn't seen it, like, I, I had only seen, like, a meme. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. what's in the box, and I saw Brad Pitt, I was like, yeah, okay. And then when I kind of saw it watching, I, like, started looking in the background, I was like, okay, and then I saw the box, I was like, well, how is this going to play out? And then when it finally did, I laughed, and, like, part of it wasn't because it was just, like, straight up funny, it was just the context of what I thought it was. For what it actually was, yeah. Um, no, that one of my favorite movie lines ever. Um, and and not not one of my favorite movies ever. Um, but I do enjoy it. So I think I think I know what your number one favorite movie line in the world is. Uh, do you? What do you, what do you, what do you think? I, of I think that it's. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence course <laughs> i mean how could like it's i have so many favorite movie lines like there is i can't pinpoint one but that one again i'm gonna steal the declaration of independence it's just it's nick cave it's just the way he pronounces things do me a favor when you have some free time go on youtube and look up uh SNL Andy Samberg playing Nick Cage. <laughs> oh, I've seen a bunch of them. I think he has like 20 videos of it. 
He does it. He does it really well. <laughs> he does, but he does an interview with Nick Cage as him as Nick Cage, <laughs> 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 and it is so funny. I think he he does one with Paul Rudd and Liam Neeson too. But it is so funny. It the one where you did with Nick Cage as Nick Cage made me think of you, and it was so funny, dude. Yeah, that that definitely is one of my favorite lines of all time. Um, yeah. And I, I got to watch now. It's been a little, it's probably been like six months since I watched National Treasure last. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm due. Um, <laughs> I try to put it in a rotation every every six. Uh, watch and National Treasure 3 is coming out. Yeah, I got to prepare myself. Yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah. Between what's in the box and, and uh, I'm going to seal the Declaration of Independence. Two of the best memes ever. Also true. Because if you place those in the right context. Hilarious. Oh, my God. But, yeah. But, uh, all right. Yeah, anyway, getting back to it. Let's try and get back on track. Nick Cage will do that to you. Um, So, my number three is, uh, I think it might possibly possibly be higher up on your list. Uh, Is going to be Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Um. Great Tarantino movie. Uh, I personally would love to see Brad Pitt in more Tarantino movies. And the two that he's been in, I've really enjoyed him as a character. Because um, he's kind of a, he's not a straight laced guy, but he's not quirky. He's not a he's weird somewhere in between. He's just like kind of a normal guy, but he's playing in, and he's not, he never plays in Tarantino movies a sadistic character. He is always just kind of that level-headed, just normal character who just levels everything out and yeah. it plays perfectly with whoever else he's got going. I actually, I mean, I really enjoy Brad Pitt as an actor. Yeah. And, uh, and good range. I mean, and this, <laughs> this movie is actually, I feel like it's more of like a comedic relief, really just because of the way he talks <laughs> And, you know, like, the way he, he says things, like, Nazis instead of Nazis. You know, I haven't seen Inglorious Bastards from start to finish. Really? I've seen I've seen it all, but I've seen it piecemeal. I haven't ever sat down and watched it from... Man, I, I could have I sworn we had a conversation where you said that this was, like, one of your favorite movies. No. Oh, well, then maybe it's not higher up on your list. It's... But, um, it it yeah it's not on my list but it's also one that I could have watched and I tried to get around to watching it um and I never did because it's one of those hit or miss movies with people because some mm. people just don't get it so yeah. they try to make it they tr- they for whatever reason think it's going to be some serious movie or not serious in like in a historical context but to me from, like I said, I've seen it all, but I've seen it with over like five different period pieces. So I, yeah, well, I haven't put it all together. I definitely think that when it first came out, it wasn't like super well received. Yeah, that's how movies like that are, though, because well, people I mean, are almost waiting for, so kind of like looking around, waiting for other people to like give it the okay. But the the thing is, is with Tarantino, he creates a whole different world. Even though it's yeah. it's it's you know 
real world material, he's able to put it in a completely different, you know, world. If that, <laughs> for lack of better words, but yeah. I mean, he's he's able to transport you into a different universe, even though it's it's using similar themes. And he, just, he adds his strange twist to everything. Yeah, and that can be that can take some time to get like take some getting used to. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you really do need to watch a movie once, get let some time pass, and then you go back and you watch it again, and then you kind of get a better understanding and kind of from what I've seen. Um, and read about Inglorious Bastards. That's kind of how it goes. Is you know, I don't think anyone says it's a bad movie, but some people just don't get it because some people just don't get Quentin Tarantino movies. Period. True. Because it, he makes he does some weird stuff. I mean, you can't deny that. That's just who he is. You know, if you're gonna watch a Quentin Tarantino movie, you better buckle up for something weird to happen. And just the whole premise to be just a little bit off. That's why yeah. I enjoy it. And that's why anything he makes, I'm going to go watch. Just because it's always going to be just a little bit different. And it might take you a few go-rounds to fully appreciate it. But I think that after, you know, one, two, even three views sometimes to really appreciate how he transports you. Well, and also, I, I think that it's it's great to see because I feel like a lot of movies that are being made now are just not original. They're either remakes or sequels. You know, he's able, except for I want to say Kill Bill Volume One or Volume Two, he's able to create a different you know origin story each time. Yeah, and I think that's why I really like him. But another reason why this movie is so high up on my list is because I love Christoph Waltz in this movie. Uh, Christoph Waltz is just a really good actor. I love I loved him in Django Unchained too. He was so good in Django. So good. I I, I need to watch. I I'd love to do a top five Christoph Waltz episode. We could. Maybe, I think that that would really do. It would, we'd probably come up with the same five because he's another one. He's done a lot. But I would he, have to. I would have to watch a lot of movies. Yeah, and you have to watch some much lesser known that might be harder to get your hands on type of movies. Yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, so that's my number three, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, okay, really good movie. I know for a fact that that one is on Netflix. So if you haven't seen it, please, please go watch it. I agree. I need to sit down and watch it from start to finish, um, just so I can kind of really appreciate it. Just because, like I said, you obviously love it, but I haven't really, like I said, I haven't heard anything bad about it. But it but can be a I mean, bit hard to follow. It's also just a really, really good story. Yeah. Okay. At its core, it's a really good story. Okay. It's definitely going to go on my list. But uh, my number two is Fight Club. Okay. Um, I, to- I totally understand why. So I don't want to get too deep into this because I think that this would be a good one for us to do down the road, just a solo episode on. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot to unpack there. Absolutely. Um, and I think, obviously, we both agree that's a really good movie. But we we have different views. And you know what? I think part of it comes down to the lore around it 
almost bullies you into thinking it's, it may be better than it actually is. It's a great movie no matter how you look at it. Yeah. But I may even be guilty of this. At my number two, I couldn't necessarily come up with reasons why it was number two. I enjoyed it. I liked it. And the story, I do enjoy kind of psychological thriller type movies. Yeah. Just because it it shows you a different way of thinking. And it's so, it can be so difficult to do that maybe I just have a little bit more of an appreciation for it. But I love Edward Norton. He's great, man. I, he I Seriously, as of recently, I've become a big fan of him. He's he's very good. Um, and he and Brad Pitt work very well together in that. Um, so I think anytime when you have two really strong actors like that. Um, but this is one of those movies that I re- that was spoiled for me before I even watched it. Yeah. Because I knew how it was going to end. And yeah, this is one of this might be at the top of the list of movies that I wish I could just wash my brain and watch without seeing it. Cause I might have that might, it could jump into like my top five just cause it is so twisty. But hey, what when you, you for a big loop, when you know how it ends, you can't really appreciate it as you're going down. You're always waiting for it to unravel. And, you know, I think that's one shows how good I think it was. That it's still at my number two, even though I knew how it was going to end. I, was, I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting um, yeah. for those little clues. But I really wish that I could sit down and watch that without having seen that end. Just because it is, it's an icon. It might it's one of the most iconic endings to a movie, and one of the biggest twists at the end of a movie ever. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm honestly pretty shocked that it's that high up on your list. Yeah. But I mean, I I almost I thought about not putting it on my list, but yeah. I I felt like I wouldn't really be making a true top 5 list without putting it on there. Yeah, just because Brad Pitt this is one of his best movies. Absolutely. No matter how you how you cut it. So this might be one of those things where you just have to respect the fact that this this is without a doubt in his top five movies. Yeah. Um. And again, no one's gonna say the movie's bad. Everyone's gonna agree that it's a good movie. It's just it's one of those things where the hype and the the lore around it, it kind of clouds your vision a little bit. Um, yeah, and and you expect it, and you you just you really want to love it because I had seen it before I watched it this past week, um, and I I enjoyed it again this week, and I knew everything that was going to happen. So I think that kind of solidified it in my probably top three, um, because I I was able to enjoy it. It's probably the third time I've watched it, um, but it had been a while. But again. Really good movie, good supporting cast, um, uh, fascinating plot, yeah. enormous plot that, twist at the end. And if you haven't, if you're if you're listening to this, and for whatever reason you have not seen the ending or know what happens at the end of Fight Club, 
watch it as soon as you can before this world perverts that beautiful innocence that you have. <laughs> Please go watch this before you know exactly what happens if you have that option. Because I think if you do that, you will 100% agree that's a top five movie. Well, and uh, another thing that I noticed that a lot of people really like this movie is in one of my English classes, we actually watched it because we were discussing Don, uh, Don Quixote. And at the end, you know, I don't know if everybody said it just because the teacher picked it as the movie, but everybody really enjoyed it because we had a class discussion about yeah. it and everybody really enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, it it is sad because so many people have ruined it, not because they just wanted to tell everybody the ending, but because it is kind of an older movie yeah. and it's, it's over time, it's become more well-received. Yep. Um, so there's, like you said, if you haven't seen it, definitely watch there's, it. There's uh, also another great movie line for its first real fight club. Don't talk about fight. Club. There you go. Again, it makes, that, makes me that smile is. every time I watch it. Yeah. And you know, all of these movies that I've picked for the top five are all in here because at the end of the day, they're really well drawn out, well written, and well directed movies. Yeah. And on top you know, of all of that, you can enjoy them. Yeah. You know, that that's the biggest thing is I don't think I'm ever gonna have on any top five list a poorly made movie. Even if I enjoy yeah. it. But you know what I mean? It, in order for me, in order to enjoy it, it has to be well made, and I and I think you definitely agree with that as well. Um, yeah, doesn't necessarily mean that you know, like we've said over and over again, doesn't mean that we're going to pick the most critically acclaimed, but it's always going to be a well made, well thought out movie. Yeah, and so with that being your number two, yeah, my number two, which. I think I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. I don't want to say that, but my number two is Moneyball. Yeah, good uh, one. Brad Pitt plays manager of the Oakland Athletics, and he's uh, bringing in this new way, this new era of using numbers to pick players instead of using the uh, typical scouting methods. And it's just a really good movie. It's a feel-good movie. It's a sports movie. Um. Jonah Hill plays alongside with them. Uh, it's, I know we've talked about it before in a previous episode, so I, I won't spend too much time on it, but it's just a really good movie. And uh, I love stories that are uh, based on real life, just like you, but also stories of showing how, how things became what they are today. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, it's almost unheard of today now not to use numbers. Yep. In, in scouting practice. I'm not going to say a ton on it. I'm not going to say why. You probably know why. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, no, I, it, it is a great movie. Um, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll save some comments. <laughs> uh, so, with that being said, we'll move into our honorable mentions. Uh, first up for me is a movie that I think that most people would have on their list but didn't quite make it for me, and that's Troy. Okay, I haven't seen that. Uh, 
I, I watched it a long time ago, and I think that maybe if I watched it more recently, it would have made it on my list. But uh, Brad Pitt plays Achilles, and uh, it's it's set in like the the Greek uh, uh, and Spartan eras. Uh, it's it's a good movie. Uh, like I said, I I need to rewatch it to kind of know more about it. But um, it definitely is honorable mention because he's he's been praised for that role many many times. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, like I said, I haven't watched it. I did see it come up as I, you know, just want to do a little bit more research on what exactly he was in. And yeah, I do. I think I would enjoy something like that because I think that period of time historically fascinates me. So, yep. yeah, I think that's definitely a movie that I would enjoy. Um, I don't have too many honorable mentions, to be honest with you, but one of them is The Big Short. So, yep. he wasn't a huge character in this, but he was a very important character. And I just really loved the movie. Um, based on a true story, an, an unfortunate true story that affected everybody. <laughs> um, but uh, it's for, if you don't know, it's about the, uh, the mortgage crisis back in 2008 that threw us into that recession. Um, but the main characters, are, uh, Steve Carell. Um, oh, he's on tip of my tongue. Ryan Gosling. Oh, thank you. Uh, Ryan Gosling, but Brad Pitt does play. He's not a minor character. I think he plays a significant role, but, you know, he's not in. Not a lot of screen time. Not a ton of screen time. Um, but very good in that role. But since we're talking about movies he was in, I absolutely loved it. The only reason it didn't get him to my top five is just because he didn't play that big of a role. Yeah, you know. Um, I actually I haven't seen it. I've wanted to for a very long time. Did you take any of Baker's classes? I did, but he never played. Really, it. he never played it for <laughs> us. He always he only said to if you if you are have access to it, watch it. Because I watched it a couple he, times on my own. Uh, but I watched it like twice with him too. But it, I mean, it's it yeah. is a really interesting, and I think for learning purposes. I think it does a really good job of explaining what happened. Um, yeah, no doubt. And it's, like I said, he, he referenced yeah. that a lot, but he never made us so watch So if you're out there, I would watch it, one, because you're going to enjoy the movie. But two, it is something that we should all at least be cognizant of. You know what I mean? We don't have to know. So these, that doesn't happen again. Right. You know, if we're, if we're going to dive into a kind of reality right now, um, it, it's an issue that 100% could happen again. And it's not that everybody has to be experts, but you go ahead and watch the movie and it does a really good job of kind of breaking down what happened, why it happened. Um, just so raise a little awareness. That's what we're here for. Yeah. I, you know, I'm definitely going to watch it when I have the time to, because it's, it's kind of a long movie, is it not? Um, a little bit, not, not egregiously long, but it's, I think it's over the two hour mark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to check it out because I I know that Steve Carell, you know, he gets he's typecasted as the funny guy, but I think he gives a pretty good, you know, dramatic performance. In this yeah, movie. he does. Everybody does a really good job um, of playing. Christian Bale is a mm. incredible actor. 
Um, and it, he does a perfect job. Of, Speaking uh, of Christian Bale, were you able to watch The Prestige? Uh, I did not. Um, I watched a trailer for it, and it looks it looks interesting. I thought it was a little bit more like a modern type movie. I didn't know that it was set kind of back in the back in the day. Oh no! <laughs> but, yeah, like early, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, but I did that. I read the synopsis, not like the spoiler alert synopsis, but just kind of the yeah. the general, um, kind of the the trailer of in words, um, and it looks really interesting. So at some point, um. I'm going to get around to it, but I have a backlog of movies right now that I need to watch. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, uh, it's such a good movie. You got to watch it. But um, next up for my honorable mention is, uh, it, well, it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but we won't talk about that one. Uh, next would be Seven Years in Tibet. Really? Okay. So... As you know, and if you've listened to other episodes, you'll know that I have a deep appreciation for the Asian culture. Yeah. And Brad Pitt in this movie plays an Austrian like expeditionist, and he ends up in Tibet, and obviously that's where the Dalai Lama lives, and <coughs> you know he he's it's a culture shock because. He doesn't know the practices or like the respect that you're supposed to show to him, but the Dalai Lama appreciates it because it's he's not being treated like a god; he's being treated like a human, and it's kind of like a, a story of those two uh, dilemmas where you know he is some are viewing him as being rude, whereas the Dalai Lama is viewing him as a friend. And it's kind of like a story of how they uh, a, a new friendship buds from just a mishap of him ending up in Tibet. Okay. So it's it's a very very good movie. Uh, it didn't make my list because it's a little bit slow. Uh, it's it's kind of a, a long movie and uh, a slow story that develops, but it's still very interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm worried a little bit about it now. Um, that definitely looks like something I'd, I'd be interested in. Anything kind of with a a bit of a historical context to it, maybe not word for word, maybe not overt, but yeah, I think that can always at least appreciate movies like that that expose you to some different ideas, some some different cultures. Yeah, and I want to say it's loosely based on like the memoirs of like Heinrich something. I forget his last name. Okay, but it's he he like he kept a journal of when he he had a uh, he had sp- been spending time over there. Okay, all right. My uh, <clears throat> I don't have another honorable mention to be honest with you, but there is a movie that I haven't watched that for whatever reason over the last like month, any podcast I listen to, not even movie podcast, just any podcast I listen to. Or if I'm reading something, this movie keeps coming up over and over and over again, and that's Sleepers. Sleepers, <laughs> yeah. And what's and what? So it's kind of hard to explain. It's, I mean, obviously it has Brad Pitt in it, but it's got Brad Pitt. Um, 
Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, Kevin Bacon. Um, and it's wow. it's based back in the uh, I think in like the sixties in New York City. These this group of kids basically they like they get into trouble, or I think they might accidentally kill somebody. And it kind of just follows them, their life. And I think there are a little bit of some mob connections, things like that. Um, but what I've heard is it's not based on a true story, but it does a really good job of explaining basically how business was done in New York in the 60s, where you could pay anybody for anything and get away with it. Um, right. Or it was just so much easier to get away with things if you knew what you were doing. Um and it kind of follows this group of kids around and, and through the rest of their lives. So that's something I would definitely put on your radar. Um, cause I'm for, for whatever reason, it just keeps coming up. Well, I'll definitely check it out. I'm reading the, the, uh, like synopsis of it. Right yeah. Now. But shall we jump? Shall we jump in? I've got one more. I'll make, okay. sure I'll make it quick. Okay. Um, it's, I think it was a Netflix original, but it's uh it's called Fury. Okay. It's got Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf, Michael Pena. It's not Chris Pena. Michael Pena. Michael that Pena. sounds more familiar. Yeah. And um one other guy, I can't remember who it is. But basically they play uh it's either World War One or World War Two and they play a unit that um that operates a tank and uh somehow or other they end up by themselves and uh it's it's just a really good war story i don't want to spoil anything for you i want to say it's on netflix but it's uh it's really good brad pitt does really well in it but shia labeouf kind of really steals steals the show for me okay um but with that being said we'll get back into the unveiling of our number one Brad Pitt movie. Um, my number one is Moneyball. Yeah, I know. I kind of looking back now, I probably shouldn't put it as number two, but that is what it is. One, it's it's just a great movie. Um, it's number two for you, so obviously you feel the same way. Um, I have I connect to it on a lot of different levels. One, huge baseball fan. Um. Mm-hmm. So, and love movies based off true stories anyway. So this one, not only was it based off a true story, it was based off a true story that I already knew about. Um, real characters, re- just real people from the top to the bottom. None of them were made up. None of them were composites. Um, well, generally none of them were composites. Some of the names right. weren't necessarily... Use like for instance Jonah Hill's character. One when I was growing up, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be that character and yeah. that dude. And you know what? Maybe in my heart of hearts, I still do. Um, but uh, I've chosen a different career path. Um, <laughs> but and the incredible thing about it is Billy Bean is still doing the same thing today. They yeah. still haven't won a World Series, and they've. They've had some really good teams and they've had some bad teams, but they're still dealing with the same problems. And the the thing that's interesting now is that they were the first team to do that, to use the sabermetrics and the analytics in that way. But then everyone else caught up. But now everyone's using that and huge payroll. 
So right. really it put them ahead for maybe like two years and then all of a sudden everyone else caught on, but everyone still uses $250 million payroll while the A's are still operating at like a hundred million. So I just, I yeah. think it's a little bit interesting and not sad at all, but just kind of uh, just, just interesting how the same issues just keep on coming if you don't have money at one point, it's, it's how it does in any sport. You can find yeah. your way around it temporarily. You can innovate and change the way the game is played, and that's what they did. But it didn't get them anywhere. They got them to the playoffs that year. But then everyone else in the league started using it in their pocketbook. So the A's are right back where they were before. Um, but just a great cast of characters in that movie. Brad Pitt was perfect. I mean, it, that was one of the best acting gigs or acting jobs I have ever seen. And I don't want to yeah. over-exaggerate or anything like that, but I, I really do think that it was, because it was a unique character, and like we've talked about before, when you're playing a character that's based on a real person who's still living and still doing that job, there's no wiggle there room. is none. You can't if you're trying to stick to the story. And not only that, there was a book where it was based off the book, which is based off the true story. And from the book to the movie, it stayed pretty much the same. They didn't deviate because they couldn't deviate because the story yeah. was what the story was. All these guys yeah, are still playing. These guys are still working. It was just really cool to see it being brought to yeah. life. And I mean, I'm I'm with you. Like, I I love movies like that where it's like stories that maybe you don't know about, right. and that's that's kind of the exposure that it needs because is getting is getting a movie right. made. And oftentimes, movies that are based on a true story, so much time has passed. Usually, it's right. oh that happened twenty thirty years ago. This it was made. Probably what, like eight years ago now? I think so. And it happened kind of early in the early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, that like 2003. So there was really, there was 10 years went by. Especially if you're, if like, if, if you're someone like me who doesn't pay a lot of attention to the MLB, that's a really cool inside look as to day to day operations of an MLB franchise. Yeah. It can give you a, an entertaining appreciation, yeah, for what goes on. Great number one choice. Love that yep. movie. Once again, a really well made movie. Even though the script was kind of already there for them, bringing it to life is a whole different ballgame. Yeah, oftentimes it can make it more difficult than creating a story from scratch. Because when you create a story from scratch. You can do whatever you want. And there right. are some stories where you can base it off a true story, but then you have some wiggle room. You don't have that in something like this because those games were played. Those players are, they, they were real. They still are. There is, I mean, there's just no way to change that. Um, so it's, that was... It, that was one of my favorite movies of all time, but to me, that was Brad Pitt's number one role. 
Was it on your top five movie list, or was it on honorable mention? It was an honorable mention, I believe. Okay. I, geez, it's been so. I feel like it's been so long. <laughs> um, I got you, but um, yeah, I love that movie. A great number one yep. choice. My number one uh happens to be one that you mentioned earlier, which was seven. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. For me, for me, of all the Brad Pitt movies, I think that this story intrigued me the most. Sure. Um, I don't think that he's been in one very similar to it, where it's like a detective movie. Um, yeah, it was a unique role. But, I mean, I mean, we already kind of talked about it when you had mentioned it, so I won't talk and spend a lot of time on it. But I, I mean, I loved the the story and how Morgan Freeman was a veteran cop, and he almost didn't want brad pitt working with him and how they kind of formed a friendship and then you know he he tried to tell him don't look in the box and uh but he couldn't help it and you know it's just i i really did not spoiler alert coming i really did not want him to shoot kevin spacey i wanted him to freaking rot in prison for the rest of his life yeah but he, I mean, he fell right into his trap. And that's what makes that movie so great is you get that connection. Yeah. You want, you legitimately want him to suffer for what he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, not many, most movies is like, okay, kill him because that might make the best ending. You get connected and that's, that's what makes a great movie. To me, at least. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, that was my number one, um, I don't really have much else to say about it since we already kind of discussed it earlier. Yeah. But uh, this was, once again, it was a tough list to make for me. Uh, yeah. Like I said, if if I had seen a few movies more recently than I had seen others, my list could have been a little bit flip-flop. Like, for instance, Benjamin Button. If I had seen that more recently, that could have been on I there. think it would have been. I think that you – I think that if that had been more recent for you, that it would have snuck in there. Because – I remember seeing it when I was young, so I think that in my younger self, I was I, it was kind of it kind of drew me away from it because it was like I'm like ten. I don't want to be thinking of myself as a ninety year old man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, but he, like like we said, he's got such a storied career. He's got so many good movies and a lot of movies that I hadn't seen. I think there was one movie, uh, Cool World. I don't even where he he like gets he gets tossed into like an animated world. I'd love to see something like yeah. that, uh, especially for a '90s movie. You know, uh, I don't know when Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out, but uh, I feel like it's kind of similar to that one. Yeah, I mean, I just it was a little bit difficult to me, just in that one. I knew Moneyball is my number one, right? Fight Club. I put it at Has number two. It's got to go in there. I put it in at number two, and I'm not second guessing it. I don't think you can go wrong there, but this has me thinking a little bit of: Is it really that good, or am I kind of stuck in that group of? Well, you, you just you have to love it. It has to be an iconic film. And and it is an iconic film, no matter how you think of it, because it was such, it was so much different than anything that had been made. 
but it it just I think it might be falling into that the hype took a great movie and is forcing it on you as cult classic legendary top of the chart type of movie and it might be for some people and right now it is for me but it is does kind of looking at some of these other movies you know what maybe I enjoyed some of them more than Fight Club but I don't I don't regret putting Fight Club up there because it is a great movie and it does deserve to be on anyone's top five list. And I think another thing is that Fight Club is more of like a cinematic experience yes. than some of your other yeah. movies. Or some, of my, some of my other movies. It too. is not a stress-free watch. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. sure. Because it, if you're not in the right state of mind watching it, it'll have you questioning your own sanity. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, this was a fun list. To yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I enjoy Brad Pitt as an actor. I think that he's had his own kind of trials and tribulations, and he but he always puts his effort and he puts his heart and soul into whatever role he's got. Um, so it was it was fun to think about those movies again, and it's also made me appreciate how many movies he's been and how many I haven't seen and movies that I want to see. But yeah. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, and until next time, keep watching movies, and we'll talk to you soon.